This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Grounded pal. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this. Welcome back, folks, to another edition, the year-end edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com, as well as LastWordOnSports.com. I am your host, as always, Jeremy Brand. I've got a cool guest for you lined up this week. One guest, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. This guy takes on Johnny Hendricks at UFC 196 in February. Chat with him about that fight. We'll also discuss him training with Chris Weidman and how he felt when Chris lost to Luke Rockhold a couple weeks back. And we'll just go over a whole bunch of other stuff like the holidays and whatnot. It's, it's a fun little discussion with Stephen Thompson. So that'll be coming up in a little bit. But I wanted to do a couple of year-end awards for you guys. Give my 2015 fight awards, if you may call it. Personally, let's start with fight of the year. Rory McDonald versus Robbie Lawler at UFC 189 has to be the fight of the year. If this is not the fight of the year on every single friggin' website, I don't know what is wrong with you. These two guys mauled each other furiously for the entire fight until Robbie Lawler stopped Rory McDonald despite having a lip split in half. This fight was epic, but I will give a couple honorable mentions. They got to go to Alexander Gustafson versus Daniel Cormier, as well as Gaethje versus Palomino. Those were two epic fights as well. My event of the year goes to UFC 189. Now, this main card was absolutely stacked from top to bottom with some great fights, starting with Almeida versus Pickett, Gunnar Nelson versus Brandon Thatch, Jeremy Stevens versus Dennis Bermudez, the aforementioned Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald, and headlining the event, Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendes. Those were the five fights on the friggin' main card. This fight card was stacked, and that is my event of the year. Now, knockout of the year could have easily gone to one of two people. I am giving the nod to Holly Holm with her tremendous head kick against Ronda Rousey, and I'm going to follow that closely with the runner-up of Conor McGregor's 13-second shilling of Jose Aldo. Submission of the year came early, and that was Ronda Rousey's armbar on Kat Zingano, But if we're going to talk about anything a little more recent, Tony Ferguson's slick darse at UFC 194 is an honorable mention. Now, I wasn't going to do any other um, year-end awards, but I have to shout out a couple of media members for doing fantastic jobs this year because, you know, a lot of these guys go unrecognized despite having the big award shows and whatnot. Now, their names sort of get murked in the list. First up, Dwayne Finley. This guy is one of the most underappreciated writers in the game. Now, I know he got a nod from his local community for being, you know, the best writer or whatever it is. But this guy 
has gone on road trips, spent much of the year away from his family doing work. And I mean, the the guy goes above and beyond and he's doing things that not a lot of other writers out there are doing. So I have to give him a nod. You got to check out some of his most recent stuff on Carlos Condit. It's absolutely amazing. Another guy who's made a bit of a comeback to the sport of mixed martial arts is Mike Russell. Now, if you haven't seen his stuff on Ali Abdelaziz, then I'd say you're missing out because the research that he has put into this stuff is easily second to none. I mean, not a lot of people out there are digging into these things. And Mike is getting his hands wet and getting in trouble from people for doing it as well. So I I, got to give a nod to Mike Russell for all the investigative journalism that he's done at the end of this year. Finally, my fellow West Coaster who lives on the East Coast, James Lynch. This guy, my goodness, I do not know another writer staff from her website or anything journalism required out there this be it non-mma or whatever this guy goes above and beyond doing interviews one sunday i believe i I chat with him a little after this for sucker radio and the sunday before i chat with him I think he busted out something like 19 interviews in a row. Now, these are video interviews, so he's sitting there staring at these guys' faces. He's doing all this stuff. He's got a a wife, a new wife. They're newlyweds and whatnot, and he's able to do all this stuff. So, my goodness, James, man, you, I got to give you a pat on the shoulder. You should be getting an award for just the amount of effort and work you put in, man. That's pure dedication and love for the sport of mixed martial arts. Now, there are plenty of other media members that I could give shout-outs to, but those are just the three of the greats from this year that I wanted to give mentions to. Don't think that if I haven't mentioned your name that you're not doing good things. But obviously, I got to give pats on the back and and handshakes and whatnot to the guys over at MMA Sucka because all of you guys are doing a great job um, despite, you know, the lack of you know, whatever we have, (laughs) our staff chats are are hilarious. I just got to give you guys complete props and, and thank you so much for doing what you guys do. The, I I get a complete gratitude, man. I, I couldn't say thank you enough to what the guys over at MMAsucka.com are doing. That's enough for me ranting. I, I, I feel like I've gone on a bit of a a rant outside of what I wanted to talk about. So how about I get right into my first interview and my only interview with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson right now. <laughs> Joining me now is the man known as Wonderboy. He takes on Johnny Hendricks, February 6th, UFC 196. Please welcome Stephen Thompson to Sucker Radio. Stephen, thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, man, it's a pleasure being on, man. Now, I have to ask right off the hop, because earlier this morning, it is Wednesday right now when I'm chatting with you, it was announced that one championship had implemented a new sort of weight-cutting uh, system that, that they're bringing in, and it's going to be, um, they're not going to let fighters cut as much weight as normal, they're going to make them fight at their natural weight classes. What do you think of this sort of thing, and, and had you heard about, heard about it? No, I mean, I've heard a little bit about it, but I think it's great, just because I think you know, if we don't have to cut the weight, I think, you know, there, there's going to be more exciting fighters, uh, fights. Everybody's going to be more healthy, uh, you know, before and after the fight, less injuries. So I think it's all a good thing, my friend. 
Yeah, so from the sounds of it, all the the fighters are going to be moving up a weight class um, because they have to come in at their natural walking weight. Do you think that this is sort of detrimental to some fighters as well because they're so used to fighting at a lower weight class? Yeah, maybe. I mean, but really, whenever you step in the step in the cage, you're pretty much the same weight anyway. You know, it's just it's just you have people that that cut the weight a little bit different and react to it a little bit differently. But if we don't have to do that, I think UFC is going to benefit from it uh, a whole lot better. But just because the fights will be more exciting. Could you see the UFC uh, doing the same sort of thing? Oh man, that would be awesome. I, I I could see it. I mean, but we'll see. You know, it's just uh, you know the UFC is the the big the big boy in, in, in everything, and and uh, I think if the UFC does do it, then everybody else will do it. So it's just a matter of time to get the right people on it. I, I'm all for it. When I fought kickboxing, I didn't have, I didn't cut anyway. I actually went up in weight class uh, when I fought kickboxing, and you know it was just everybody was healthy. You, didn't, you hardly had anybody that was injured. Uh, or not be able to make weight, or anybody dying because of the weight cut. Uh, it's just, and the fights were just all out, man. You didn't have anybody gasping from the back weight cut or anything like that. And it was just exciting, more exciting, I think. What is your natural walk-around weight? You know, before I used to walk around about 195, and actually for this fight, just because of the ID, man, I'm walking around about 185.90, so I'm fluctuating right around there. Nice. Now, with the IV, Ben, you have used IVs in the past, then, I'm guessing, so this is a little bit different for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I did use the IVs in the past just to get the fluids back in my body faster. But, uh, you know what? I'm walking out a lot of weight, and I think it's, uh, uh, I'll be ready for it, you know? Weigh in the day before, 171, and as soon as I step off the scale, I'm rehydrating, drinking my water, and drinking my my, you know, my Pedialyte, trying to get the electrolytes and stuff back in your system. So uh, I'll be feeling great, man, February 5th. Now, you were expected to take on Neil Magny at UFC 195. He got moved from that fight. Was there any uh, indication that you would still be on that fight card and you'd be fighting someone else before you found out you'd be taking on Johnny Hendricks? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, I was preparing for uh, Neil Magny before I got the word that I'll be fighting Johnny Hendricks. I knew that he took the fight short notice against Kevin Gatlin. Hats off to him because, you know, he saved that show. <clears throat> and, um, but I was actually looking for somebody to go a little bit higher up. And I didn't expect to get the number three guy, former Westway champion. But, um, you know, when I got that call, man, at first I was a little nervous because I know how much of a beast he is. And, uh, <clears throat> but at the same time, I was super excited because this is what I've been waiting for. This is, this is, I'm in, <clears throat> I'm in the UFC to be the best fighter. I mean, I want to go for the belt. And uh, for them to think, hey, you know, let's put him up against Johnny Hendricks, the number three and former welterweight champion, you know, it really excited me. And uh, I just want to go out there and put on a good show, man. Talk about getting that call. I mean, you, you said it was sort of surreal. What what went through your head? Where were you? Just talk us through that getting that phone call that you'll be taking on Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, man, I was actually uh, spending Thanksgiving with Chris Wyman in, in uh, Long Island. I was up there for a training camp. And I got the call from my manager, and he and all he said was, uh, Johnny Hendricks, UFC 196. Boom. <laughs> so I was like, what? Are you got to be kidding me, right? You're kidding me. And he's like, no, man, you know, this is, this is a big, A, it's a big step up in competition. He's definitely the, the, um, you know, the hardest, uh, opponent I've faced so far and best wrestler I've faced so far. So, I mean, he was the former champion for a reason. So I definitely got to be on point. I was, like I said, I was, you know, 
I got the butterflies. Of course, anytime I get an opponent, I always get the butterflies. But I'm going to prepare for this fight like I do everyone else, and I'm going to bring the right people in for my training camp and be ready for it. Do the butterflies go away when, when you step inside the octagon, or is that something that as you're walking to the cage, you still have those butterflies? Uh, actually, walking to the cage, yeah, you're a little nervous, but as soon as those doors close, and you're looking across from your opponent, and you're looking at the ref, as soon as he says go, it's all dis- it all disappears. It's all about reaction from then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it, from training with guys like Chris Lyman and George St. Pierre, Rashad Evans, they just had this work ethic about them. And I learned that from them that I work as hard as possible. I put myself to the grind. And that, that way there's no doubt in my mind that I prepared the best I can for my fight. And that way there's no doubt. There's a lot of guys out there, you know, they're feeling bad, but they get a little injured. And they just find excuses why they're not going to come in and train. That way when they step out there and fight, they always have in the back of their mind that, that, that worry that they didn't train hard enough, you know, that doubt. And that can win or lose fights, man. I mean, that definitely can mess you up. For sure. Now, I'm going to take it back a little bit. You spoke about being uh, spending Thanksgiving with Chris Weidman. You were there for his training camp. When you saw how UFC 194 went down and, and how things went with him against Luke Rockhold, losing his title, what went through your mind there? I mean, how, how did you react when you saw him getting getting beaten up like that? Man, you know, it always, you know, he's a really good friend of mine, and we're, we've come you know, closer and closer every, time, every year, uh, every training camp, and and he's like family, man. So it definitely hurt me, hurt my heart to see him going through that, knowing that's not that's not Chris out there, you know. I, and sometimes, you know, you have good days, you have bad days, and uh, you know that was definitely not a good day for Chris. And you know, I texted him two or three, two or three days after the fight because you know he was I, I considered him you know like a brother. So he did anything like me after my first loss with Matt Brown. You know, I just wanted to be around family, friends, didn't want to talk to anybody. But I texted him, and man. He was ready to go. He's fired up. You know, he's uh, he's a super competitive guy, so I feel bad for the next guy that he that's going to step in the, the cage with him next time. What do you think it was, though? Because obviously, you know, he had you out there. You're an unorthodox kind of guy, and Luke Rockhold is very unorthodox as well. Obviously, his game plan wasn't the way he went in there and did things. Yeah, man, you know, I, I really don't know because I haven't talked to him about it, but just from the look, they both got really, you know, got gassed because they were going all out first, second, third round. They both were a little gassed. And I know Chris threw that spin, spin kick and ended up, you know, getting taken down. And I don't know if he just didn't have the energy to get back up or to, or to recover. Uh, you know, I just don't know, man. And, and, and um, so, yeah, it definitely hurt me man, just to watch him watch that happen. But I know he's learned from it. I know he's going to be better from it. Now, so that, yeah. that we always like to look at you know, in a positive way. So, you know, he's definitely going to be on point next time he steps out there. You're saying, yeah, he'll be different. You were different after your first loss as well. Just mentally, how how did it go through you when you did take that first loss? I mean, what what ignited under your ass to get back in there and train even harder? Well, you know, I lost to Matt Brown. Of course, I have good friends, good family. You know, but whenever you do feel down, and whenever you do feel like you got to, you want to, you, you're thinking bad thoughts to pick you back up and to keep you focused and stay positive. But um, what really, what really got me was, I mean, of course, I learned a lot from that fight. But now, I don't have to, um, I don't have the pressure that I, that I once had going into the UFC. The first fight, spectacular knockout, you know, undefeated kickboxer. I had my first loss. Now I don't have to worry about that. All that weight's off my shoulders. Now I can just go out there and fight. 
And uh, that's how I've been then ever since. And, and I know Chris is feeling the same way. You want to get, you don't, you want to get that win back, you know? And I, feel, I have a feeling that, man, he's going to get it back. He's going to be champion again. I know it. But you also don't have, as you said, you don't have that on your shoulders. Oh my God, I can't lose. I can't lose because that you're undefeated up until that point, right? I mean, that's obviously something oh, yeah. along the way that is going through your head as well as, okay, you want to win the fight, but you also don't want to lose because you don't want that blemish on your record to take away the undefeated streak. Exactly, man. That's exactly what I was going through, what I was thinking, what I was feeling. You know, I, I don't want to lose. I'm undefeated. You know, all these people back home are counting on me. Uh, all my students are counting on me. But you know what? I, I showed heart, and Chris did the same, man. I mean, he, he definitely was showing heart, wasn't giving up, wasn't tapping. I was doing the same thing, man, in my fight. But that really, uh, uh, you know, in a positive way, you know, kept me focused too because I went through that. I've never been in the deep water like that and you know, I handled it very well, you know. For I knew sure. this guy, I told myself, this guy's not gonna knock me out. He's not gonna sit submit me. You know, I'm gassed, I'm tired, but I wanna give him hell. <laughs> nice. Now <laughs> now Johnny Hendricks in February, just a few days ago actually, Johnny said that Stephen Thompson has yet to be hit. Uh what what do you make of those comments? <laughs> Oh, man, you know, I, I've been in a fight game for a long time, and trust me, I've been smoked a few times. You know, I'm actually my last fight. You know, Jake Gillen was smoked with the right hand, dropped me to the ground, actually. I recovered very well. And he put a lot of people out with that right hand, you know, knocked the dudes out, finished them. So, man, you know what? I, I've been hit just because I go out there, and, and, and uh, nobody likes getting hit. You know, I try and avoid that. Doesn't mean I've never been hit before. So, you know, things happen, man. I mean, he, he's caught a lot of dudes with that left hand. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be watching out for it because he's knocked a bunch of guys out. Of course, if I get smoked to that hand, you know, I mean, he'd probably finish me. But you take a kick upside the head or a punch for me, he's going to be feeling the same. No kidding. Now, did you worry at all with the fact that it was Johnny Hendricks? I mean, he didn't make his last fight because of a, a failed weight cut. Um, he got sick, was hospitalized. Was there any or is there any thoughts in your head that this could potentially happen again? Nah, you know, he's hired a new street, uh, excuse me, uh, nutritionist. So the guy that he's hired is fairly, is very good. So I think Johnny Hendricks has a point to prove, you know, show everybody, uh, all the fans in UFC that he can make weight. Cause I hear, you know, if he can't make weight, he's going to be moved up to 185. And I think he wants to stay at 170. So I, I, I feel that I'm, I'm going to be facing the best Johnny Hendricks February 6th. That's a good thing. It's going to be a fun fight, man. Uh, now you are, <laughs> you, you are a guy that, that poses, serious threats to him like you said the head kicks and and the punches coming at from different angles you're definitely a fighter a style that he hasn't fought in the past would you agree with that like there's not anyone in the division that fights quite like you oh yeah man i mean just the just my stance my movement my distance management um everybody feels that they could they they face somebody like me but once you step out there in a cage it's something completely different you know uh you have to get to me first uh, I think I'm going to keep him uh, at the end of my my kicks and punches, try and stay away from the takedown of that left hand and pick him apart, hopefully knock him out. I don't like going out there looking for the knockout, but sometimes, you know, it, it happens. So and that's what I'm waiting for. If it happens, if it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm going to be prepared for a three-round war. Nice. Now I want to move away from that fight a, a little bit and talk about your dad. He, he's been by your side since basically, well, obviously since day one. Does there ever come a point where you're like, Come on, man. I just, I just want to go off on my own a little bit. 
No, nah, man. I mean, my dad is trained champion, world champion. So I respect him a lot. He's been in my corner every step of the way. And I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for him. So, you know, yeah, we butt heads some, you know, from time to time. But, you know, who doesn't with their coach, especially their father. But I have mad respect for him. And, and uh, I listen to him, man. He's my head coach. Of course, I have other coaches, but he sees everything. He sees overall. And, uh, man, we just make it work. You know, you see a lot of boxers and other fighters, uh, you know, working with their dads and they don't work out. But we just make it, we have a good chemistry and we make it work. When you, when you head to New to New Jersey or New York when you train with Chris Weidman, um, does your dad come along with you? Yeah, sometimes he does. Here recently we haven't because you know we run a family uh, business, a lot of karate, and uh, you know we've been over for thirty two years. And sometimes we, he he can't get away, you know, because he's a big instructor there and a teacher, and so am I, a big important part of the of the school. So now all the time can he make it up there? But when he when we have a chance, we can make it happen. He's there with me one hundred percent all the way. So, um, you know, for my last, for, for Christmas last camp, I was pretty much there by myself. But, um, you know, he, you know, we know Chris, we know what his gym and trainers and, and training partners are all about. They're good people, good training partners. So, you know, he doesn't feel like he has to be there. You, you may wonder why I asked that question. Now, sort of, I, I was coming to where I'm going with it right now is, the young buck Sage Northcutt had his dad by his side as well when he went to train up at TriStar. And from the sounds of it, his dad plucked him away from there because he didn't like him getting hit so much. If your dad didn't like the way things were going with you at a certain camp and whatnot, would you listen to that or would you sort of get the inkling inside yourself that this is the place to be? Yeah, I mean, I mean we're fighters and, you know, we're going to go out there and, and, and um, you know, train as hard as we can. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a good or a good training camp because you go to some gym and you know they're putting on regular UFC MMA gloves and going full contact and knocking these out. And that's just you know you got to be smart about it. Um, but every time I've been up to TriStar, you know I've always fought with good people. You know, Frog's a hobby, Andy's a hobby. All the guys up there have been really well. I mean, if it's if it's shots to the head or if you you're if you're feeling like somebody's trying to prove a point or win a sparring match, you know, then, you know, potentially could hurt you. Yeah. My, you know, my dad's going to step in and say, listen, listen, I can't, you know, I can't be having this guy hurt. I can't be, I don't want you sparring. You know, and you got guys out there like that who have an ego and they feel like, you know, this guy's in the USC. I want to take this dude out. And, um, you know, and that's where coaches are there. They're there to keep you safe, keep you healthy, make sure you're training the right way. And, you know, if, if stage North Coast dad wasn't feeling it, you know, hats off to, to Sage by to listening to him, you know, because coaches are there for your safety as well. What do you think of comparisons between yourself and Sage Northcutt? You know, I think we have a little, you know, uh, background. You know, we have the same background. Coming up in karate, uh, I think he has a little bit more of a wrestling background. I, can't, I think you see that a little bit more in his fights than, than, than mine. Uh, but he does, you know, so similar things, that side kick, hook kick, round, you know, uh, throwing kicks from, from different angles. But, um, you know, he's very, very young. Uh, and, you know what, I hope he has a long and successful career. But, you know, there are some differences as well. But pretty much, you know, he, him being with his dad and me being with my dad and coming up in a karate background is very similar. All right, moving away from the fight game for a few seconds here. It is the holiday season. How tough is it to be in fight camp during Christmas, New Year's, box, you know, all this stuff? Oh, you know, not not hard at all. You know, I've been through training camps on vacation, you know, the holidays, Thanksgiving, so I'm used to it. 
you know, I just got through training uh, not too long ago. Now, tomorrow we have one training session because it is New Year's Eve. But you know what? I got to be on point. I got to stay focused and keep with my training no matter what. Do you get to indulge in, in Christmas dinner at all a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I do a little bit. You know, I still got to watch what I eat, but uh, I get to indulge. I mean, we're, we're, what, seven weeks out right now, so I can have a, I can indulge a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> have any Christmas uh, wishes? Oh, man, you know what? I just prayed that my family, you know, stay safe and, and uh, me and Johnny Hendricks come out, you know, uh, not injured during our fight February 6th, and, and my hand is raised, man. You say the hand is raised February 6th. It goes down UFC 196, yourself versus Johnny Hendricks. How do you see the fight playing out in your dream? Man, you know, everybody wants to see a spectacular knockout, but in my head right now I'm preparing for a three-round war, and that's what you got to do. You know, you go out there looking for the knockout, and it doesn't happen. You wear yourself out trying to do it. But um, you know what? I see him using his wrestling, using that big left hand to shoot in for the legs. I got to keep him out, keep him up, you know, back with my kicks and my punches and my movement, and to keep, you know, I expect to get taken down. I mean, he's that high. He's a, he's a good wrestler. But preparing for that and popping back up, getting back to where I feel comfortable, and that's my feet. He is Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He takes on Johnny Hendricks February 6th, UFC 196. Stephen, man, it's been a pleasure. Just let people know where they can find you in the social media realm. And any shout-outs you want to give, the floor is yours, man. I can, man. First of all, I want to thank everybody, you know, uh, Chris Wyman, uh, Ray Longo, Matt Sarah, everybody from us today, Cardi T, Fish Black, my dad, uh, my coaches, Carlos Machado, Thomas Lee, Matt Miller, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Wonderboy MMA. Thanks a lot, man. Good luck on February 6th. Thanks a lot, brother. Good talking to you. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. That was Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. As we said, he takes on Johnny Hendricks February 6th, UFC 196. Boy, that is a fun, fun welterweight matchup. We'll see how things go in the new year at UFC 196. That about does it for this year-end show of Sucker Radio. I will not be back next week because it is New Year's Eve and uh, New Year's Day and whatnot. I'm going to be taking the week off. So thank you to you guys for listening. Um, thank you to, for you guys to listen all year long because, you know, without you guys, there would be no show. And without my sponsors, there would also be no show. So I'd like to thank ProAmBelts.com. These guys have kept me covered for the entire year. And guess what? There will be a new Staff Picks champion coming up in January. So keep an eye out for that new Staff Picks belt uh, in January. ProAmBelts.com. Also, FloatHouse.ca. These guys are giving you everything you need sensory deprivation tank-wise up here in British Columbia. Check them out. They've got some great holiday specials at floathouse.ca. Also on tabs, bckimonos.ca, they have some great new gear, some tuxedo gis, um, some new t-shirts, some new rash guards, and whatnot for your Brazilian jiu-jitsu needs. And these guys at Fusion Fight Gear have some seriously epic shit going down. I I was able to grab a Star Trek Spock gi, a Star Trek rash guard, Oh my god, I love these things. They, they're making the funkiest rash guards and gear out there. So check them out at FusionFightGear.com. And uh, January 1st, 
I believe it is. They will be dropping an army of darkness, Rashgard. How friggin' cool is that? So thank you to all of them. Thank you to Unique Kennels, at Unique Kennels 71 on Twitter. They are breeding the best bulldogs for like over 30 years. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you follow MMA Sucka on Twitter at MMA Sucka. Myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Sucka. With that, another year is over, folks. Check us in the new year. I'm out. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker, radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker, radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker, radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker, radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.